Hey, Zeke. See? Did you know that today's show is sponsored by CastCartel.com? Maybe. When you're sitting at home at night and it's late, the liquor store is closed, you're bored, you're on the couch, you're like, I'm all out of my Wheatley vodka or I'm all out of my gin. You got to get more. Or maybe it's your whiskey. Whatever it is, CastCartel.com will get it shipped right to your door. They have some store picks, even though it's not a lot. There's some breaking bourbon picks on there. This is not going to be the place you go to get crazy bourbon and crazy whiskey. But if you want some good daily drinkers, be it bourbon, be it gin, be it vodka, tequila, mezcal, whatever it is, go to CastCartel.com. They are changing the industry standard. They're like the Amazon of the spirits industry. You know what that means, Zeke? I know what Amazon is. So you know how Amazon is not the one who's actually doing the selling? They're kind of getting stores. They're a place to bring stores together with the consumer. I mean, I hit this pay button on Amazon.com. Yeah, it goes through Amazon, but there is another store that is actually fulfilling that order. Okay, yes. So that's what Cast Cartel does, so that you can sit on the couch with one hand and order your liquor. One hand, you say? Yeah. Cascartel.com. Follow them on Instagram, cascartel.com, or also follow them on Facebook. Another thing I have to tell you before we start the show, it's a secret. You got a lot on your forehead today. Why? Well, you just keep telling me stuff. But it is a secret, and the secret is out. If you are a distillery, you probably already know the secret. Distilleryproducts.com has the best prices and selection around for your engraved laser etched glass needs they have all your glen karens they are the only place in america that is a wholesaler where you can get the neat glass they have the tua glass and that is an irish whiskey tasting glass it's a total secret the people that knew about them the way that i found out about them was distilleries and they have great wholesale products that you can engrave. That's what we use for all of our glasses on the show, distilleryproducts.com. They have flasks, glasses, all sorts of cool stuff. If you want to put a brand on it or a logo on it, if you are a bourbon group, if you are a store, if you are a distillery, you are missing the boat if you are not using distilleryproducts.com. And we thank them for providing all of our glassware on Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Might be a tough move with the uh, the Tua glass here in the South. Is that like a football reference? Yeah, Alabama's quarterback. He goes by the name of Tua. Well, I have Thria. Well, Kentucky's Thria ain't going to beat Alabama and Tua. No. Distilleryproducts.com. Check them out. My name is John Edwards, and I am without Zeke Baker, but together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. I am joined by three special guests. None of you own the store, correct? Correct. You are all uh, the people that are churning, making things going, but you are out of docks in Memphis. It, there's a bigger name to it, isn't it? It's not just docks. It's docks, fine wine, and spirits or something, isn't it? Uh, docks, wine, spirits, and more. That's like Sal's just pizza and more. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just pizza and more. Everybody say hello, introduce yourselves so the people get to know you. Uh, Mike Jones, 
Uh, Mac Jones. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I get it all the time. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> uh, my name is John Edwards. Come on. Yes. You know, like, and next. So, uh, Ryan Gill. And I am Matt Engel. Together, you guys make <laughs> Doc's fine wine experience. Yeah, Welcome. Matt, Matt's got the radio voice over there. Well, you know. <laughs> I'll pass that message along to my father. He's got a way better voice out of both of us. I wish I had that timber and I wish I did not have this nasally voice because, you know, you could sit at home and do voiceover. You know, I've actually thought about it a lot. Uh, It seems weird, but like, I I really think that I enjoy doing it. Uh, I do a little, when I'm alone, little fun voices, try different things. You know, when I hear stuff, I like to emulate it and see if I can do it, you know? Yeah. I can tell you that. The guys, when I when I actually used to do real radio and not a podcast about bourbon, they're the voiceover guys from the station that you know you send out and say, okay, I need this. And, mm-hmm. and they send things back and they're like, hello, how are you today? I'm going to do another one. Hello, how are you today? You know, so like they yeah. do different inflections. Like you're listening to, you're listening to, you're listening to. Get like you could in. do that yeah. and just send – Different takes out to everybody and make a See, lot yes, of money. what they want. We might have to talk about this later. Yeah. You might be on your own. <laughs> yes, I'll be on my own. It's a lonely life. Matt can uh, record some commercials for Dot 52. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you could get, I mean, as long as you get a tape that way, yeah. you could go record commercials for Docs. Use that and have that be your real your, your trial. Yeah, put it on a website. Get people yeah. to give you money. I, I do have a home studio too. So <laughs> instead of being the face of dots, you can be the voice. The voice of dots. Of dots. Yeah, I'm better with that. I got an ugly mug. I, I need to stick with the the voice. I do have a face for radio. <laughs> you guys are on not only because you run a store, which is cool enough in and of itself. I mean, this is the time of the year that I just have to ask. I mean, you guys know where the BTAC is. Uh, I'm not even going to say Pappy. I don't care. I just want to know where the BTAC is. Also, you guys did something really cool. And this was about a year, year and a half ago. Yeah, year and a half. Where you guys made not just your own single barrel as a store. So you guys went to the TTB. You made your own label, Doc 52. You have done bourbon. You have done rye. You have done cask finish. But this is your own label, the store's own label, correct? Yeah. How did this come about? Going back a handful of years, uh, there was a company in Memphis, Pyramid Vodka, that was just getting into distilling, and they were just making vodka. And we wanted to come up with something cool, and we said, hey, could you distill a bourbon for us? This is, like I said, a few years ago, and we were planning on this being a long-term thing. We age it and everything. But then that company went out of business before they got started. <laughs> uh, so, uh, But one of the guys from that company stayed on with the company that bought out the distillery, uh, and that's Mid River Distilling. And they gave us a call as soon as they got in the building and said, hey, uh, we're buying a bunch of barrels of bourbon. You want to come see if you can do something with it? And we said, yeah. Uh, we had done a couple of private label wines over the years, and so we were really excited to do something of our own on the bourbon realm. I mean, that's really what we enjoy the most, so it was uh, it was really exciting for us. It's interesting because a lot of people, I mean, a lot of stores really enjoy the bourbon. The bourbon is more fun going and picking barrels, stuff like that. But 
It's not always where the best margins are. <laughs> but this That's almost true. is a little bit different, though, because your guys' stuff, it gets it's a marketing tool as yeah. much as it is fun for you guys, right? Yeah, That's it's cool. definitely a calling card for the store. I mean, we've we've seen a huge growth in our bourbon business, and especially people coming in from out of town since we started our Dot 52. Yeah, I'd say that's a big part of it. It's just the amount of foot traffic we've gotten based on this has been quite a bit. It's really, really helped the store in, in multiple different ways, not just the bourbon department either. You know, people coming in, and it's not uncommon for people that drink bourbon also drink beer or drink tequila, you know. So it's helped in all departments, which is great. If you're Zeke, you drink a lot of vodka and gin. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. like he, he's always trying to switch it up and keep that palate fresh. But yeah. how many have you done? So this is uh, number 11 we just came out with last week. We have reviewed a couple. Ryan always tries to get us some from Memphis. And then ultimately, if we don't get on it quick enough, if there's something in the backlog, then all of a sudden it's released. And then we're doing a review on something that nobody can get anymore because – you guys are selling out pretty much that day, right? Yeah, so uh, it definitely depends on the release, but we've had some that have sold out in advance. We do a little pre-sale, and then we've had others that it's about two weeks or so, but uh, it's somewhere in that range. We never have it more than a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it definitely depends on the batch size too. Yeah. You know, um, if we're using part of it for something else. Um, you know, if we're doing a, a we did a blend uh, with two different ones, or if we're, we're going to release something as a single barrel on its own and then also use it in a batch. So it all, that also has, depends a lot on uh, the availability of what's there. What's been your favorite? I know this is, you know, I'm going for the hard question because yeah. everybody's like, it's like a kid. Yeah. I, it, it's a favorite on a different day. Uh, but what's been your favorite so far? Uh, mine has been batch seven. Um, I just think there was something, special about that one uh, what was that one uh that was a nine year we actually blind tasted through most of them here recently and uh i think it was unanimous actually for <laughs> us it was number seven it's just a single barrel of nine-year-old that was exceptional and uh it actually it was one of the ones that got 93 points from whiskey advocate from us mike what about you which one was uh, your favorite we just did a rye whiskey dinner uh with a bunch of really nice high-end ryes and we got to revisit batch, was it four? Four. Was the rye. And after being in the bottle for a year and going back to it because we sold out really quickly of it uh, and revisiting that one, I really liked that one. That was, I'd like to taste it side by side with nine. We didn't taste it as part of the bourbons because it's a rye. Uh, I'd like to, to have done that because I think I'd enjoyed that one the most. And I'm not a rye drinker. I like bourbon more. I will tell you that I did like that one. I got that one and I really liked it. That was one of the ones that we missed the window, but then we gave it to Whiskey House for you all so that oh, they yeah. would have it there. So <laughs> Ryan put a thing in the National Bourbon Groups and he goes, does anybody know Whiskey House and could get some Doc 52 there? And I was like, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got this <laughs> bottle that we took a couple sips and we missed the window. Sorry, but we'll make it up to you by getting it over there. So Yeah, we uh, we actually just came from the Whiskey House. Yeah. What would you all think? It's awesome. I, uh, I definitely hope to go back. Um, there was a very uh, gracious member there that was, yeah. was super helpful and just super generous. Um, I believe his name was Jan. Shout out to Jan. Oh, Jan's awesome. Yeah, dude, Jan, Jan was, was great. Good people. Yeah, he really was. Um, 
yeah, he was just super gracious, a gracious host, man. We had a fantastic time. Um, I could stand there for hours just just looking around. I mean, it was it was cool. Well, next time you come up, let Zeke know he lives in Twelve South and is a member. He'll he'll get you over there whenever you need it. So yeah, he uh, I saw him there last time that I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said you guys were there together. And yeah. Ryan keeps coming up, and with my schedule, we've missed each other about. Yeah. <laughs> times. So this, I finally got on here the last week. I'm with Dots. So. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just get the elephant out of the room right away because you, you helped build up this brand. Yep. You were – whose big idea was it in the room? I mean, who – was it all of you together that decided to do it? I mean, because Ryan – has been going around saying it was all him. For <laughs> well, a very to be long honest time. with you, Ryan has done the lion's share of the work. He has oh, absolutely been the one that deals with Big River. He's the one that deals with the TTV. He's the one that comes up with the really unique marketing ideas concerning docs. Uh, so he has done a lot of the heavy lifting, if not all of it. Uh, we are involved in almost just picking the barrel and yeah, everything else is him pretty much uh yeah mites uh, really sacrificed his, his uh liver for the brand so <laughs> I, I appreciate that true patriot yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of barrel samples <laughs> there have been some days that mike wants wants away uh sweating and unhappy but uh <laughs> actually, more actually, barrels? Come on. i love barrel tasting days because when mike gets to work he's just so happy after barrel tasting days <laughs> It's great. Yeah, when, it's great uh, for store morale. When we do uh, pick our dot fifty two barrels, we it's very thorough. Uh, it's more than just trying three or four barrel samples that get sent to you. Like what happens with a lot of the bigger brands, um, it's sometimes twenty to thirty. It is tastes. a lot of cherry picking over at Big River. We go there, and they'll have a row of fifteen, seventeen, twenty barrels, and they go. We pulled a an array. These are eight, these are nine, these are 10, these are 12. And we'll taste them all and we'll eliminate and do like a, an NCAA bracket almost <laughs> with them to try to get it to just which one is literally the best barrel in this batch that we're tasting through. Do you do a lot blind? Do you do second, third oh, yeah. rounds? Yes. Things like that. Oh, so yeah. So it's definitely. I think it's really important because we've, we've learned with all of our barrel pits, you you go through that first time and you make up your mind on this is the best one. And then you take your top three and you taste them all blind and you may change what, what you thought was your best one. You know, I think it's really important to go back and do that. Yeah, Ryan likes to do sneaky stuff like yeah. both of us too. He'll he'll pour us the same thing twice in a row <laughs> to see if we pick out something different. On it. I'm all about the blind taste. Yeah, he, yeah. Oh, we love we fully support tasting things blind here, and and unfortunately we don't get to do it as much as we used to. Partly because with the kids, our schedule is like, all right, if Zeke and I are getting together and we got a half an hour, we're just cranking out a review yeah. where typically we like to sit there and actually, you know, let's blind it up against something like we would take docs and put it up against something else other in that profile that yeah. would be like, all right, this is something that's similar to it. We want to blind against that. But how many rounds do you guys typically go through before you decide on the one you want? We generally have to decide when we're there, but they will give us uh, an ability to, to take some of the, 
the, like the top two or three samples back to the store and taste them again the next day. And we'll do it blind the next day just to be sure. Big River's really nice. They do give us the opportunity to, if we need another week, to, to get to get the week because we pick the day we want to release this. They don't. They, they work with us. Of course, we're not going to string them along for a year and a half on, on a yeah. pick we're, because we want to put it out and generate the buzz, generate the revenue that comes along with it. They do give us ample of opportunity to make sure that we're doing what we think is the absolute best barrel that and, we can pick. And the uh, the way that it typically ends up working, we're pretty good about immediately when we go through one round, um, we can pretty much weed out you know the good and the bad the pretty week. quickly, and uh, and so we'll narrow it down from you know if it's twenty, we'll narrow it down to six maybe, and then we go back through those six and we'll weed it down again, and then we'll get it to three, and then we'll do it blind those three, and that's usually about how it goes. Now, is it just you three that are doing the picking, or is there somebody else who's there with you? So, Originally, it was. Ryan is the general manager, and then Angie was the system manager, and me were doing it. Now Angie's left the store, and Matt's is now the GM. And since Ryan's leaving, Matt's been helping us these last few batches. But previously to that, it was three other people. So, do you all find that there are profiles that you all kind of gravitate to that are separate or similar or? Well, I know Mike really likes nutmeg, so it's usually all about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mike, Mike seems thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Mike and I typically, uh, we will, we don't necessarily have the same palette, but we're both on the same, the same wavelength when it comes to pitching quality. So we may not think it's our personal taste, but we're both on the same page as saying this is good. You know, People this is objectively a good bourbon. Well, no, I mean, it's funny that you bring that up. That's a great segue because when you're picking this and you're picking a brand opposed to a single barrel, yeah. I know that there have been some groups that I've been a part of where we've tossed the idea around of getting a label and going to TTB, but like – you go on that barrel pick and you're like, man, this is good enough for a single barrel, not good enough for a brand. You guys are sitting here thinking about this is our brand. This isn't just like, hey, this is a Doc's pick. This is the Doc's house whiskey. You're you're thinking more universal rather than what you like. Yeah. I have to think, right? Yeah, I think uh, the there's... I'd say two things in common with all of our pits. One is that they all have a very big mouthfeel. Um, the very oily, very big mouthfeel. That's something that we always look for. And number two is we're looking for something unique. Um, you know, if you tasted through all of them, you would not say these all tasted the same. We're, we're not trying to be consistent. Uh, we're, we're looking for, you know, the barrel that stands out, you know, something that's got something a little different. It's not something you've had before. The quality has to be consistent to, to get people to rebuy batch from batch. The, the flavor profile can change from batch to batch, but the quality has to be there from batch to batch. And we like that big mouthfeel. Like he said, that big oily barrel proof mouthfeel, that high proof, 
because that gives you ample opportunity to go home and cut it with a little water, a little ice, a little soda, whatever you enjoy. The taste initially out of that barrel is what we want to transfer. What we get the taste when we go to Big River and we use the Whiskey Thief and pull the sample literally out of the barrel into the Glencairn glass and we swirl it around, we taste it, and we want folks to get that when they open a bottle of Doc 52. This is from the barrel. No manipulation, no filtration. All they do is screen it for chunks and that's yeah. it. That's good. I have to say, it's interesting, the profile, because knowing this is a Tennessee whiskey, yeah, we won't call out specifically what it is, but knowing the years that you guys are putting out, I mean, this is a 10-year uh, in your latest one that's a, a cask finish series. I want to talk about how you finished this one here in a little bit, but it's 106.2 proof, this last one, 10 years old. There's only so many places you can go to get 10-year Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. Kind of narrows it down. But I would say the profile of that distillery is not really in any of the docks, barrels, and, and bottles I've had. How? I think that goes back to what Ryan said about trying to pick stuff out that's, that's different. You know, um, we don't we don't want to put out the same bourbon every time. Um, we we want to have some variety, and, and it's a big part of what we look for. So, um with us going in, we know what we're tasting. Obviously, we're not putting it on the bottle where it's coming from, but we we do, you know, we know when we're tasting it. Um, so with that in mind, we're also trying to find stuff that is a little bit outside of the range of what that whiskey is, you know, or, or is known for. It's an interesting viewpoint because you guys are a store. You have plenty of other whiskeys that are sourced from that same place yeah. on the shelf. And if you're looking to be a differentiator from what you guys are already selling and making money on. It's an interesting position to put yourselves in, but I think it's got to be a little fun where you can get 10 whiskeys that are all distilled from that same place on your shelf and you'd make money as a store selling them. And you also have your own house whiskey that's from the same place and you want people to buy that and you want the store to have a notoriety of that, but you, you still have to be different. That is a difficult thing, uh, granted. Once again, it, it just goes to we're picking an individual superior barrel that we think is superior, that has super high quality, super enough differentiation in its flavor profile to stand out from these others who are taking 10, 12 barrels, batching it together, proofing it down. We're going straight from the barrel to the bottle, but it's the quality, the flavor that's going to set us apart. If you taste this side by side with other whiskeys coming from there, I believe it's going to be much, much different than those batched products. They're great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the stuff that's proofed down is is really good too, but this is what we like. We've always enjoyed the barrel proof and when we do single barrels of other labels, we always try to get as high proof as possible because it gives that better mouthfeel, that profile that we like. It's just the way we've progressed since we I've been working 11 and a half years. He's been, what, 13, 14? 14 years. Uh, and, you Which know, is funny because Ryan does look like he's still in his 20s. <laughs> you know, he, he's got that, like, he's got the beard, but I feel like if you shaved the beard, you'd have my problem where... You look too young, yeah. but like the bald head and no <laughs> beard just does not look good on me. So I need something. <laughs> we'll keep uh, the beard. 
<laughs> oh, look I better keep the beard. <laughs> the, uh, nobody wants to see that double chin either. <laughs> the thing I like about this, too, is this latest batch, not only you know is it unique because it's docks, but then you also have an aftermarket sticker on the back like it's a store pick. This one is a bourbon spice latte. The tasting notes are on it. It looks like a Starbucks coffee has bourbon spice latte written on it and then on like that i call it the coffee condom the sleeve, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. sleeve that <laughs> you the cardboard sleeve that keeps you from burning your hand you have tasting notes nutmeg cinnamon honey vanilla brown sugar and clove this was finished in crown wineries toast of kings fortified dessert wine barrel it is 10 years old 106.2 proof ABV has a yield of 174 bottles. So one of them's already gone. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. So there's 173 (laughs) bottles left on this. Tell me a little bit about how you guys picked this one, what you did, because you were telling me before we started recording, it was a cool little thing you did with the winery, right? Yeah, so we had been wanting to play around with barrel finishes for a while. And one thing that we wanted to find was something that we could know was going to be consistently good. We've tried a bunch of barrel finishes from different distilleries that are hit or miss. Like the beer finished ones, I think are hit or miss. I thought there's some that I really, really like, and there's some that are a little bit off. I mean, I tend to like the stouts a little bit more, but... It's tough. But for for us, and this is part of the issue with us only doing a barrel at a time, we can't afford to screw up. If we do (laughs) something and we put it in a barrel and it turns out terrible, we're stuck with it. What what do we do? We just have to pay to throw away this barrel? Like we're we're a store. We're (laughs) we're not doing a thousand barrels or anything. So we wanted to kind of play it safe on our first couple. And with this one, we knew that we liked – Port barrel finish stuff, but it's it's difficult to get a barrel over from Portugal uh, if you're just trying <laughs> yeah. to get one empty barrel. So we uh, started searching, and I was actually driving back from Nashville and saw a sign on the on the side of the road for Crown Winery, and I googled it quickly and saw that they have a what they basically deem a Tennessee port, like their version of a port. It's a fortified wine they're making there. And so I called him up right then and said, hey, I'd like to swap barrels with you. And they were all for it. So they're actually about to put out a wine that was aged in a .52 barrel here soon. Oh, nice. You bring up an interesting point, you know, because you guys aren't the owner. You outgoing GM, incoming GM. You say we can't afford to mess up. Yeah. How much leeway do you get and how much say do they have opposed to what you guys are doing? Well, I'll say that um, he's been, they've been all for this brand from the beginning. They've, you know, they know that Mike and I have been tasting bourbons and picking barrels for a long time now. And they appreciate what we've done so far with that. Um, But at the same time, this is our 11th one. And we're just now getting to the port barrel finish one. And I think we talked about it after like two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and there was a bone of contention. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was, I felt like Mike wanted it sooner. Uh, no, Ryan was the strong advocate for doing it sooner. And I was more of about let's, let's continue to build a consistent quality 
single barrel to to really solidify our reputation of doing that. And he was more of the, well, it's going to get boring if we just do single barrel after single barrel after single barrel. And he's right. It, it does get boring, but I wanted to get more of them. Grow the reputation first. Yeah. Correct. I, I just got impatient. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, I was taking a sip. It's really good. Um, when does this one get released? Uh, so we just released this one last week. Uh, November 20th. And how many out of those are gone? Probably a good 70, 80 bottles. Yeah, I'd say so. By the time this podcast comes out, it may be uh So this won't come less. out this week. It'll come out next week. Okay. There will probably still be a little, yeah, we should a little bit left. Some on the yeah. shelf. If you live in Memphis and you have access to this, I really – the nose is super fruity. That port – I'm skipping over the taste here for a second, but that port just leaves a nice fruity – it's dry, but it's not like woody dry. It's just – you know, it's got that wine-type finish like you were Grape drinking. Grape skin dry. Yeah. But it lingers very, very nicely, and it's a very well-rounded – whiskey there's no corn whatsoever in the taste of this i would say the fruit is the star of the show on this one at least for me and with a little bit of that spice you know that says it on the side where you have the nutmeg and the yeah let me cinnamon nutmeg cinnamon but um honey lots of honey but i you know you don't even have it on here the the fruit of the wine though it's very refreshing and it's like that I, I'm not comparing it to Midwinter's Night's Dram, but it's got a little bit, you know, that is a port finish. Yeah. It's got a little bit of that fruit. I think that one goes to the extreme of, yeah. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of Christmas. Yeah. This is a nice fall, and I almost think it's apropos that you call it bourbon spice latte, where if that one's the Christmas one, this one has the the advent calendar full <laughs> it's fall calendar. you know it's the yeah. it's the time leading up to christmas yeah that thanksgiving dinner yeah. yeah i always feel like i mean i love midwinters but i only like midwinters midwinter really, no i mean it's really like a late december pour for me because yeah. i don't feel i'm not in the mood yeah it's like uh you know it's like listening to jimmy buffett Unless you're on a beach, I don't really feel like listening to Jimmy Buffett. I'm, I'm sorry to all you parrot heads out there. But like, yeah, you might I, can't, listeners. I can't drive down the road when it's snowing out listening to Cheeseburger in Paradise. But like, I don't know. I bet there's a lot of uh, dads that drink bourbon that like Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I would imagine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Jimmy Buffett. I'm just saying I have to be in the mood. You know, like I don't disagree. Yeah, <laughs> I, if I'm in a Jimmy Buffett mood, then I'll rock out. Like I'll friggin' go balls to the wall, Margaritaville. Have some Margaritaville. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But it's uh, the Jimmy Buffett channel. He does some great covers. On <laughs> theory, but I need to be in that mood. Yeah. Where midwinters, I need to be in that mood. I think this. You guys did a great job being more well-rounded. Where. It's more universal, and I think that's one of the things you're trying to do with the brand is be more universal and get the whole season rather than a specific point in time. Yeah, with this one, 
Um, we we were kind of told in advance, be careful aging, um, you know, finishing some of the stuff. You should really use much younger bourbon for that. We said, you know what, let's go ahead and uh, we want to try this out. So we pulled out a 10-year-old barrel and left it in there for four months. And we were really surprised at how much flavor it really picked up in that time. Yeah, we definitely kind of rolled the dice, um, pushing it to the limit. I mean, we were tasting it pretty regularly um, just to make sure to, to kind of watch its progression. Um, and it, it, it took a, a left turn uh, as we left it in there, somewhere around day 80 or 90, somewhere in there. Um, does the For us, the baking spices just exploded at that point as it was starting to sweeten up like you would expect, aging in the port barrel, and then just, bam, had a left field. And we really enjoyed the, the turn that it took, you know, um, I, I, I would like to say that we planned for it <laughs> on this one. We really didn't. It, uh, like I said, we kind of rolled the dice and I think that we came out on top on this one. The, uh, the fun part of trying it every couple of weeks was that we were really able, I mean, we were holding samples and comparing it each time and watching how it grew. And one thing that we did notice was that the cast finish really rounded it out nicely and made it, Almost mimicked extra aging on mm. it, so that was that was kind of nice, nice little surprise for us. I like it. I'm a fan. I'm a buy. Thank you. How much is this one? Uh, Sixty dollars. What? <laughs> Fifty nine ninety eight. I know people are going to probably kick me for saying this, so you could have probably charged more, considering yeah. I can name five brands off the top of my head right now that are using the same stuff you guys are some of the same stuff that's in there and they're 30 to 40 dollars more yeah we've uh we've sold those in our store yeah uh, <laughs> yeah we've always looked at this these bottles that come in that are 120 dollars 100 dollars 150 dollars if you put it in a nice wooden box or 200 dollars if you put it in a really really nice wooden box and we're going like that's a five dollar box how's that go from 70 dollars to 150 labor costs right i i guess but that stuff is much more widely distributed so you know you can you're these stores are buying a case of it three bottles six bottles 12 bottles maybe and that's much easier to do uh with the docks, we have to sell all of it, and and we want to sell out before the next batch comes out. Uh, we want to, we don't want to put a batch out every month. We don't want to put a batch out every two months sometimes, but we do want to have Quarterly. a good, nice, regular schedule. Uh, more in the so. fall than the rest of the year, uh, because of the holidays, people want to buy gifts and things like that. We don't want to have 80 bottles left over of Docs when the next batch comes out. And they all look very similar with the black label, the the silver wax dip. The only thing you could sometimes just look at the bottle and go like, ooh, that's batch number 10. This is number 11. It'd get confusing on the shelf. We want it all gone. And that's one of the Ryan's genius things in the strategy. It was let's price to sell. We're going to make money. That's That's a given. But we don't need to make ten thousand percent on it. Well, like like you were saying earlier, it's the brand is also seen as marketing yeah. for us. I mean, it's we're not trying to just you know drive up our price and make as much as we can on it. Um, I mean, the brand has done well. The brand by the end of this year is going to reach a hundred thousand dollars in sales, um, which is just insane it's to absolutely me. Absolutely amazing. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the owners really, yeah, like yeah really happy about that. <laughs> um, 
and that's with all of them being reasonably priced. Yeah. I mean, we've gone from anywhere from forty to what eighty five dollars, eighty five, maybe ninety dollars is our most expensive one. I think a big part of it too is, and you'll have to forgive this. This is going to totally sound like a store sales pitch, but a big part of it well, is. I mean, you guys, do. we are a store. <laughs> yeah, uh, a big part of it too is that we want to offer our customers. Um, amazing whiskey that otherwise they would be paying 80, 100, 150. You know, we, we want, it. if they can find it, you know, we want our customers to be able to enjoy this stuff, um, which is a, a big part of the reason that we do our allocated whiskeys the way that we do. Um, it, 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 at the end of the day. So, how do you do your allocated whiskey then? So, what we do is typically we, we save up everything that we get. Okay. Uh, we save it all up for one day. Anything um, that we have three bottles or, or less or, of. Yes, correct. Um, if we do get some surplus on stuff, we'll, we'll do little things where we put some, some stack junior out on the shelf not too long ago, you know, because we got more than we had anticipated saving up. Um, so we put everything out on one day. Uh, people have started camping out for this. I mean, it's become kind of a, kind of a big deal to a lot of people. Um, you and, don't do it black Friday, do you? No, no. Just sorry. You're fine. Soapbox for a second. Yeah. Please like do. Thanksgiving, you're supposed to be with family. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you'll, there's yeah. a lot of stores that do it on black Friday. And I'm like, on what planet do you think <laughs> my family is going to let me get away and go on Black Friday and camp no. outside a liquor no. store? I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, so, you're uh, good. Continue. so December 15th. Yeah, December 15th. So it's, right it's on a Sunday. Day. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and we'll put everything out on the counter. It's first come, first serve. You can always get back in line to get another bottle. It's one bottle per customer. And we'll save up some extra kind of things that you can get along with that. Like, well, if we can get some extra Blanton's saved up, you can grab, you know, your allocated bottle and a bottle of Blanton's, uh, or of course a bottle of Doc 52. <laughs> you know, we, we don't let everyone flood in the store at one time. You, you're going to have time to look through all the options and really talk it over with your friends, figure out what you want to get, what he wants to get. Um, you know, we give everybody a number, we start calling numbers. Ooh, I and, hope uh, that's still there's uh, something we hear. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We, uh, we try to make it a fun event overall, because what we'll do is, um, you'll walk into the door and we'll be tasting something. Oh, of so, course. Uh, definitely have something open for everybody as soon as they walk in. You know, it's cold in the middle of December, so mm -hmm. you want to give them something nice. Um, for people that have spent the night, we've done some things like buy them pizzas, uh, buy them donuts in the morning, or, you know, we'll. Last year, we actually took all of our leftover barrel samples from various barrels around the year. And just walked out and handed them out to people in line. Oh, heck yeah. The night. And, uh, you know, the, the local, luckily for us, the local police department kind of looks the other way <laughs> yeah, I was on say, that. If night. the ABC is listening, <laughs> uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you filled up samples of iced tea yes. and <laughs> passed them out. That's but, what he meant. But it's tough because. I don't think there's any universal way to get your allocated stuff out that is going to make everybody 100% Never. happy. So, so what we do... It's, but at least you're trying to make it a fun experience. Like, yeah. If you try to experience... And you can see everything that's come out for the year from early in February all the way up to December. You can see it all. The Orphan Barrel, the Birthday Bourbon, the Four Roses Limited, the BTAC... Whatever it's it's all there in one spot, and of course everybody's drooling and going, "Ooh, I want that! I want that!" I want that. <laughs> but it is it's a way to get more people something that they wouldn't normally be able to get because they don't know an owner, they're not buddies with a manager, or they're not spending you know fifteen thousand yeah. dollars with a store per with year, a store or yeah. 
you're going to a store and they're saying, hey, we've bundled, you want to buy a bottle of William LaRue, you got to buy these three bottles of Corazon, you know, that Buffalo Trace forced us to buy, <laughs> you know, in order to get it. We're not doing that. We're just... Hey, it's all here. I always it's say it's all retail. It's not we're not doing a crazy markup no, on anything. It's regular it's recommended retail. retail. Price. Now, I really like Pickers vodka, but you know, that's a, a local national yeah. brand. Yeah. But you know, I always say support your store, buy a bottle of Pickers and Wheatley. Before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, God, even if you're oh, using yeah. the Wheatley to uh do some extra barrel aging, clean out that barrel, stuff like that, you know, your home stuff, you know, keep it on the shelf for when people come over. But you want to make sure that store gets some extra B tech, you gotta put in your uh Please you gotta- buy that Miller Time gin, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Green scope bottle. So we uh we also do try to take care of the best customers as well though, because there's no winning in releasing your allocated stuff. You've you've got to find a way to please everyone, which is impossible. I mean, stores are in such an impossible place to try to please so many customers with so few bottles. I only want a bottle of 23-year-old Pappy. Can you get on your waiting list for the next 18 years? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what we'll do is we'll if we get more than a few bottles, we put it on the shelf throughout the year. If we just get a few, uh, we'll hold those for the sale. And then also uh, the Van Winkle stuff in particular will – call our top 10 to 12 customers and bring them in for a little raffle with just amongst them and give them first dibs on those products. Everybody does it a little bit different. Yeah. Somebody's always going to get chapped in some way, shape or form. So as long as your customers are happy, they seem to be, I mean, they keep lining up every year. So the vast majority seem to like the way we do it because we're not forcing them to do anything. We're not making them part of a whiskey club or anything like that. It's reasonably priced. It's not 200% markup. They normally get, it might not have been what they wanted, but they got something rare. They got something they couldn't have gotten otherwise. I'm being specifically hands-offish because this is a conversation that we could go on. (laughs) You know, like what is the right way to do it? Yeah. All right. uh, It's midnight now. (laughs) We'll we'll be done at three in the morning. Tomorrow. I'm... (laughs) I'm interested more in the Doc 52 because you know, what you guys have essentially done here is taken a store pick and made it something incredibly unique where you know other people would do just a single barrel store pick. They might slap that aftermarket sticker on it. And they might have you know a few Russell's Reserve, one four roses. You know because allocations are coming down a little bit yeah not everybody's getting what they used to for allocation Uh, i mean a two questions here a is this kind of a response to the tougher market for stores and getting allocations because it's not only just btac it's not only just selling wheatley vodka or gin or you know whatever it is or or wild turkey 101 (laughs) it's you know, to get a Russell's pick or selling yellow label four roses to get a four roses pick, it's you know, all allocations are getting cut down barrel wise because now everybody wants barrels. Yeah, this was definitely a response to to that. I mean, we honestly what happened was we missed out on some some barrels that we felt like we should have gotten. And uh the local distributor we just didn't like how they were doing things and we said, you know what, let's just go around these guys and start doing our own thing. 
But my question is, I mean, A, thank you. That that was answer A. But <laughs> why aren't more people doing this? And how many people are reaching out to you asking about what you did and how you did it? So um, they actually – there was a company that went around trying to get other places to do it. And honestly, it was just such a tedious process. Nobody else wanted to mess with it. Um, it's it's just uh, – it takes somebody spending the time of coming up with the perfect – the bottle, the label, the picking the right things and – just really putting everything behind it. There was another store that we know of that tried it, and a year later, they're they're still sitting on their stuff. Really? Yeah. And uh, it's you know you really have to go all in on it, and I think a lot of stores just aren't willing to do that. Because I have to think even just the way that you craft your label with the TTB, knowing that you're going to do different single barrels, knowing that it's going to be different every single time. You have to be very particular in how you get that label passed. Yes, definitely. Um, each one is a new challenge, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, especially with us trying some some unique things. Uh, we have to play around with the TTB and figure out what's what's the easiest way to do things, so that we're not having to create a new a new cola and submit everything for every single release because that would be a huge pain. But uh, right now, there's a there's an issue with a future release that we're trying to figure out with the CTB. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a process. So maybe doc consulting in the future, helping other people, you know, not to maybe you should reach out to the guys at docs and they'll help you out. I think we're always willing to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that the only way any industry can progress is through conversation and, uh, you know, people being willing to step out there and, and, and help other folks out. So um, I'd definitely say that we're always willing to have a conversation with somebody. Always willing to share knowledge Absolutely. To, to help folks in, to teach them, to, to broaden their experience. My, you can't hold on to, you can't hoard knowledge. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make sense to say this is secret. We can't talk about it. Well, especially in the, in the bourbon industry. I think one of the best things about the bourbon community is that sense of community. It's the sharing knowledge. It's the sharing bourbon. You know, that that's what I loved about going by the, the whiskey house. You know, yeah. I've, I've been there twice and both times, just people open up what they've got and say, here, try this, try this. You know, everybody's so nice and willing to share. And, you know, it's, it's just a fun community altogether. Well, I'll tell you, that's the thing with podcasts with us. You know, anybody who's starting a podcast or doing stuff, I'm like, listen, reach out if you have any questions. There's enough room for all of us that, you know, I'm happy to help people out. And and if other stores are doing it, as long as they're not down in Memphis, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, and they're, they're not competing yeah. against you. I mean, I'm sure you have great relationships with the guys down there anyway, but yeah. as long as they're... In different places, it's like, what do you care? Your single barrel is 174 bottles yeah, of breakfast. As long as you send me a bottle, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can trade. Yeah. You know, please buy this one <laughs> and we're good. So, I, I mean, I just think it's one of these things where it's unique and I'm surprised that more people aren't moving towards it as the norm. You're not the only one surprised. Yeah. It just blows my mind that. Nobody else is willing to do it. Yeah, um, Breaking Bourbon did a an article about 
exactly that when we first started a year and a half ago. I mean, our first review was like, I'm expecting everybody to jump on this model. Yeah. Yeah, I remember listening to that. I mean, that's we thought the same thing. We, we no. thought this is, you know, let's why, go ahead and be first. Are, yeah, why yeah. aren't more people doing this, you know? But I think it's a testament to you guys that you are 11, you know, 12 deep into this and you're still sustaining it. You've gone through the hoops. I mean, it's inevitably easier to put out a different batch every single time because you already put in the legwork. So now it's just sustaining what you already have. It's mm-hmm. priced well. It's selling. Your customers like it. Hats off to you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate uh, that. And, you know, like just like you just said, we do have batch 12 already picked out and planned and know when we're going to release it and exactly what's going to be in batch 13. That's the very special thing he was talking about. We've got some, and we've taken inspiration from other folks, you know, who've done it. I mean, we're not the first to do a port finish. Who it's was good. it? Uh, Angels Envy started the port finish, right? And so it's working, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't and taking inspiration from where you can. And, but not, not denying that that's what you're doing. I mean, I think that, uh, that we can share the news of what our next couple of releases will be on here. Uh, yeah, I sure. So. Um, so the next one we're doing is we're calling the Forgotten Barrel. That one's going to end up being a 15-year-old by the time we release it. Um, so we're actually releasing it a little later than we wanted to to make sure that we hit that mark. Um, I think it'll come out around December 18th or so. Yeah, around that around that um, time. But yeah, it was it was literally the only 15-year-old barrel in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Kind of forgotten about stats in the back. So <laughs> and it turned out to be barrel. really good. Yeah, yeah. which. Yeah, absolutely. Which that's the thing is we wouldn't have picked it if it wasn't, you know, if it didn't meet our standards. So. Right, it would just stay <laughs> yeah, it would stayed where it was. Uh, and then we have a uh, honey barrel finished. Ooh, um, yeah. And that that's is, we're using a rye whiskey. Yeah, so we're using a rye that's actually so, a fifty-one rye. Yeah. Um, so you were talking earlier about our previous rye that was a fifty-one percent rye that we had done. Uh, this is a fifty-one percent rye going into. A barrel that's been holding some local honey for the last couple of yeah, months. Yeah, it's, it's actually super exciting the way that we're doing that. Yeah. Um, What's the name of the honey company? Uh, B901. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking for the Winnie the Pooh sticker on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Pooh Bear wants some honey. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll make sure we put your face on that. Yeah, absolutely. You can. That's fine. <laughs> Zeke would get a kick out of <laughs> We worked with a local beekeeper to get the honey for this. Um, so they're locally in Memphis. Uh, he came and filled the barrel. Um, and we actually have had the barrel sitting in the back of our store with the honey and we've been rotating it, just making sure it really gets worked into the wood good. And, uh, he has since drained it and we'll be selling it as barrel aged honey, um, which is super cool. He is nonprofit. If I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Yeah. All the, all of the money, a hundred percent of the yeah. money from his honey goes to the local charity. Yeah. So not only were we excited to work with him on that aspect, but to be able to then put our bourbon back into that barrel or not our bourbon, but our, our rye whiskey and uh, see how that turns out. So we're also going to release, I think probably a portion of that rye on its own. We've talked about that because it it just really stood out on its own too. We were excited about it by itself. So we're like, why not? Let's, uh, let's do a little bit of both. Yeah. And unfortunately Memphis is 80% bourbon and rye is, eaten into that a little bit but 10 years ago 
you had one rye on your shelf and it might sell. Yeah, Nobody rye's, wanted to buy it. Rye is still not taking hold in Memphis quite the way it has in Nashville. Or, well, all whiskey in general is just taking hold in Nashville. <laughs> it is, it's really fascinating. If I mean, y'all are I, down in Memphis and you like some spice in your mouth and you like some tingle, go get on a rye. I, I'd be interested not to cut you off, no. Ryan, but... You know, especially we've seen Bellmead have the honey. We've had, mm-hmm. we've seen some other people put out a honey finish. I'd be interested to see the marriage of a rye and honey. I think it would be unique enough that I would definitely seek out a bottle of that. So the idea was, you know, ryes are traditionally spicy and honey is sweet. So, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it would sweet. make a nice little marriage. A little yeah. sweet and sour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I certainly think you guys have been doing some awesome stuff. My hat's off to you. And Ryan, you've propelled this enough to now have a new career. You are leaving them and you're doing your own thing. Where where are you going? Yeah, so uh, here soon I'm going to be starting as the uh, state manager for Three Chord Bourbon. There's a straight bourbon, uh, there's a 12-year-old, and a rye. And uh, I'm excited to get started with them. So all you need is three chords to make yeah, a good song, right? Exactly. It's uh, so the the founder of the company is Neil Geraldo. He's a five time Grammy winner. He he wrote and produced Jesse's Girl from Ritz Springfield and a couple of Pat Benatar songs. And it's the marriage of music and bourbon, which I personally love. Before I even got into this business, I was in the concert business, so it's it's kind of a good fit for me. Well, I hope you hit us with your best shot. <laughs> like he, that. He produced that one. Yeah. I'm sure he did. <laughs> Where can I find a bourbon like that? Uh, it should be all across the state right now. Oh, so. you missed that. Yeah. So. That was very funny. Uh, yeah, it was. It was quite funny. That was Jesse's girl. <laughs> yeah. I oh. even got his face over it. Totally missed it. Well, I'm glad we'll, we'll look for three-chord bourbon. We'll have you on again to talk three-chord bourbon at some point. For the rest of you guys, where can everybody find docs? Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, we're actually in Germantown on the border of Germantown and Memphis, uh, the corner of Poplar Avenue and Kirby Parkway, and a little shopping center called Carrefour. And we're right there very prominently in the shopping center. Well, it was a pleasure having you all. Absolutely. Please come again. This has been a lot of yeah, fun. Thank, thank you, you so for much. having us. No yeah. problem. And and everybody can find the dads on Instagram at Dad Shrinking Bourbon, Facebook at Dad Shrinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads. Find us wherever you download your podcast, whatever it is, we are on it. Please leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. You can also find us in Nashville, Tennessee. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.